this is it. No agenda, but God's. Ah, thank you guys. You guys have been working overtime this morning. It's good. Time and a half, time and a half. You may be seated. You may be seated. I, I did sense that God was ready to do something different this morning. Last night, one, one way that I tried to, to do to make sure that I, my sermon is, on time, is, is timely, I have enough time, is I preach it to myself. I record myself and I see how long I spend. It, it helped. It helped. Um, but I was doing that last night and I was not satisfied. I'm like, I just spent two weeks getting this thing ready and now, God, you're not, I'm not feeling the satisfaction. I'm not feeling this is it. And then I'm like, God, you know what? Do whatever you want. <laughs> say whatever. It, 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 it's tough to say that because you feel like you just wasted your time. But on the other hand, you don't realize that it was never about you. It was never about your plan. It was always about God's. Did you guys just notice what just happened? This was not part of the service. But I believe that God has brought you here for this very moment. To give you a chance to tap into something that you're not familiar with, but that is intriguing to your spirit. To realize that God is way more to just come here and sit down, listen to a sermon, and just sing a few songs and go home. This is an experience that God opens up for us every time we come here. Folks, there is power in coming together from different nations, from different backgrounds, to just praise one God, to just say, God, you are good. God, you are good. God, you are good. The psalmist says, soul, rejoice in the Lord. He's commending his soul to rejoice because our soul is stubborn. There's a hand that says, count the goodness of the Lord. Put them before your eyes and then you'll realize how great he is. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves how good our God is so we can finally realize that I need to praise him. I need to praise him. Folks, we're not called to be cold. We're not called to to be lukewarm. We're called to be hot. I know I put emphasis on the H. It's my accent. It's weird. It's it's weird. I can't say hot like you say it. But I hope you get that, folks. We're not called to just be you. You're called to be something else. So that's why this morning I'm just letting the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants in this place. James 1.17 says, you don't have that on your bulletin. You have 2 Timothy 3.16.17, which is what we're going to consider. But before we get there, James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly, is he the H again? The heavenly light. <laughs> Who does not change like shifting shadows. Let's think about this for a moment. Every good and good gifts, every good and perfect gifts come from above. Everything that you know that you need that is good will come from above. 
It's not coming from your own sweat. It's not the product of your own knowledge. It's not the product of who you are. It's the product of the heavenly father who sees into your spirit and realize that I need to bless my children with the gifts that they need. But sometimes it's hard to believe that because the circumstances around us make us believe something else. Remember what I said earlier, when we, when our faith grow into Christ, you know what happened? We don't need the evidence to believe. We don't need the bank account to full to know that my God can provide all my needs. I know that probably it doesn't really make sense because why are you asking me to believe that I can't see? Well, this is faith. Hope. Of the things that we don't see yet. But yet we know it will come. We need to start living our lives when it comes to the things that we believe will come as though they were. I'm going to say that again. Believe and live a life in relationship to the things that you hope for as though they were already in your hands. I want you to start thinking about some of those promises that God has asked over you. And you have not seen anything come to pass yet. I know I mentioned that earlier, but I really sense that God really wants to drill that once more. He wants you to remember that he is your father. And he gives good gifts. He gives good things and he does not change. He does not change. He loves you the same. He loves you the same despite everything. You know what? Sometimes we cannot believe the verses, the scripture, because why we don't believe that the authority that he has over our own lives. That's why I want to shift things a little bit this morning. I I I want you to get to a place where you're so anchored into your faith that it becomes easy to just go out and just slay people in the spirit. Jesus like, hey, 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 come here. I got some for you. I got some for you. Receive Jesus. And for you to see it happen. This is the boldness that God is calling us into. As church, I feel like we got too comfortable. The, the seats are great. The music is great. We have big on the other side. You are allowed to eat it inside the church. This is very unconventional. This is good. I enjoy it. But I believe there's more to that. I believe that on top of the nutrients that you get from the bagel, there's also the nutrients that you will get from the Holy Spirit For when you go out of here, you impact this world that so desperately needs Jesus. When was the last time you spoke to someone about your Jesus? And you think you're not selfish? Yes, you are. Because if you claim that he's so good to me, oh my God is good. Why you want to keep it just to yourself? There's no limitation on God. He doesn't weigh anything. That means if you get some, that means he'll get lighter so there will be no more for others. There's, There's no such things when it comes to God. He is good and he is enough for everyone. So you can get as much God as you can. There will always be enough 
for the rest of the world? I'm going to repeat that question. When was the last time you spoke to someone about your God? I believe this morning, if we're talking about the authority of Scripture, it needs, become, it needs to become authoritative, authoritative over our lives first. Nobody will believe you if your God is not what you're telling them that it is. That it can be to them if they don't see it in your life. And I'm not talking about driving a nice car. I'm not talking about the materialistic things. I'm talking about the light that just shines on the inside of you that no one else can see but the devil. God is calling us people to just go out there and make a difference. That sounds very cliche. You heard it a million times, but it is true. We're calling out God in our county so many times, but why the Ramapo School District is so bad right under our nose? Why there are people living under the, that small bridge on 59? Right under our nose. Those people, not only they need food, but they need Jesus. The fear to proclaim that Jesus is God is what that is driving many countries, including America, to a hole that is so deep. People are preaching the word of God. You ask them, what way is there to heaven, to eternal life? They dance around the answer. If you don't believe me, ask Joel Osteen. (laughs) No, that's a little bold, but I just did it. See, that's the good thing when you're not famous. You probably will never know I just said that. All good things come from the Father, but you need to believe that. And if you believe that, then it will become a reality in your life. And the reason why I believe James 17 to be a reality and to be true is because not just what the scripture says, but also my own experience in life. Folks, I come from a third world country, a small island called Haiti. (laughs) I remember at some point, I could not even go to school to finish high school because my parents didn't have enough money. I remember I spent three months at home crying before my God. And, and, and I was afraid to go outside. Why? Because I know all the, the other friends that I have in the neighborhood would ask me, hey, did you go to school yet? Some of them, I go to the same school. So they would ask, and I don't have the answer. I don't know when I'm going. So I hide, not in my room, I didn't have one. I, that was a joke. You guys are supposed to, <laughs> see, that's when you, you took it too deep that you can't even, <laughs> jokes, they're not funny anymore. <laughs> it was? Thank you. But I realized one thing. I realized at that very moment, I realized a side of God that I would have never realized before. In Job 42, Job (laughs) boldly says that I've heard my ears, I've heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. I realized I would have never been able to see God the way that I see him today 
if I didn't go through the trial that I went through. There's a, there's a reality between hearing about something and experiencing for yourself. When Paul got called into ministry, I, I love the analogy. Paul had to be physically blind for three days so he could see heaven. Mm. Paul had to go through physical blindness for three days so his spiritual eyes could open. Without the physical blindness, he probably would have not gotten where he got. So without the trials in our lives, we probably will never get that strong faith that God is calling us to have. Without the tribulations in our lives, we probably will never get to that place. But there's something that is very amazing that we need to understand. When we get to that place, nothing can shake us from the love of God. We realize that the mountains may shake. They may fall into the the sea. Everything around us may not make sense. But I am anchored in my Savior's love. He loves me despite everything. He loves me beyond me measure and once you get that nothing will shake you no longer nothing will make you realize that there's not a God nothing will deviate you from your love for him we serve a gracious God 2 Timothy 3 16 17 says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Because of 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, I believe. James 1, 17. Because it says that what I read in scripture is God breathed. Last time I checked, if there's one thing that you need to have the most respect for is God's breath. Because the last time I checked, whenever that God breathed into something, things happen. When, when, when God took that dust, that little mud, and, and formed it into Adam, the last thing that he needed to do was to breathe into him. And he became who he became. And we are who we are today. In John 20, verse 22, there's a verse that is very powerful. It says that Jesus looked unto them. He breathed on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. This morning, I feel like that some of you, some of you need to receive that. Some of you need someone to breathe on you. Some of you need someone to just, uh, to just impart in you something that you didn't have last night, something you didn't have yesterday, but I surely believe you'll receive at the end of this service today. His Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit impacts you, it creates an explosion on the inside of you. It creates a, a, a it's almost chaotic at some point, but yet it feels good. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to make sense, but I know the purpose of it is good. When was the last time you felt like you could not contain yourself in God's presence? 
When was the last time that the word, when it's spoken over you, it shakes the inside of you so badly that you don't even want to leave this place? This is the type of fire that God is calling us to have. Of course, the promotion at work, of course, the busyness of life is trying to let us understand this is the purpose of life. It is not. Our purpose on this earth is to serve God and God alone all through our days. And it's not just a relationship that happens on Sunday morning. It's just not, it's not a relationship when you realize that then there's an overdraft fee on the account. Oh, God, how did that happen? Yeah, those shoes at Macy's. Yeah, that's what happened. And then you call on God. Oh, God, I'm not going to pass this class. Oh, God, I just hurt my toes. Oh, God, I'm sick. Oh, God, this is not working. Then God becomes an automated teller machine. Oh, you guys didn't get that. I just gave you the, the intellectual way to say ATM. I feel good about myself. God is calling us to have a relationship with him that goes beyond those things. Now, understand that the context of 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 is very powerful. Paul is prophetically warning his spiritual son, Timothy, to tell him that there will be terrible times in the last days. That's 2 Timothy, 1, uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. And I'm going to read all through 5. Now, he's setting him up. Before he tells him that the power and the purpose of Scripture, he's telling him what's laying ahead of him. It says people will be lovers of themselves. In the first service, someone says the Kardashians. And I kind of agreed with them too. Lovers of money. I almost said everyone in America. Boastful and proud. I thought about Kanye West for that one. Abusive. I thought about many relationships. One that is being displayed on, right under our nose at some point was Chris Brown versus Rihanna disobedient to their parents. There was someone in the first church that said Jude Charles. <laughs> and I said, how did you know? Did you grow up in Haiti too? <laughs> Ungrateful. Hopefully nobody will say my wife or my kids <laughs> or my husband when they hear the word ungrateful. Unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. I'm still reading from First Timothy one, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This is the world that we're living in. And, and realize all those things have to do with the very nature of human beings, their heart, their character. It's not so much what they do, but it's what they enjoy doing. Okay, folks, it's, it's, understand that. Your doing is not what drives your being, but your being drives your doing. So out of what your heart finds pleasure is what your body will do. You produce what is dear to your heart. You produce what you value. You produce what 
at some point may feel good to you. So Paul is attacking the very character. He's attacking the very heart of human being. And if we are honest, we all have a little Kanye West in us. If we're honest, we all have a little KK, Kim Kardashian in us. If we're honest, we all have a little, little something in us that is not pleasing to God. Oh, you thought I wasn't going to redeem myself? (laughs) Verse 5, he says, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Having a form of, if you don't believe me, watch any, watch the Oscars. First and foremost, I want to thank God. But they have no form of commitment to the, the God that they're thanking. Because they believe if they're committed to that God, God will ask them to do things that they're not comfortable with. If they abide to the authority of Scripture, the Scripture will convince them and convict them of certain things that they're not ready to let go of. The Scripture will ask them to do certain things that they feel like they should have their own choice. Because sometimes people don't commit to God because they believe that they're going to lose the option of choice. They want to be the very person that choose what they want to receive. Not realizing that this is a form of slavery. But when you allow yourself to say, the sovereign God choose for me. And and even then, God doesn't just take the pleasure to just choose for you. You know what he does? He gives you the option and he rejoices when you say, God, I don't want them. Do you? Mm. That's what we do when we come here. That's what we do when we truly surrender despite the options. Because you can choose not to be here. You can choose not to serve God. You can choose to do whatever you want to do. It's your life. But there's something powerful. That's when God rejoices when he sees you saying, God, I have option, but I deny them because I want to hear you. I want your destiny to be fulfilled in my life. I want your purpose to be in my life. I want whatever you want for me, God. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. This is the only way that I can sing, by just quoting the words of the song. But that was a song, by the way, if you didn't realize that. They think they would lose option. It's time for us to just, not just quote scriptures, not just know where John 3.16 is, not just know what Ephesians 2.5 says, but to actually apply them in a practical way. And last time I checked, when you have the authority of scripture that dominates your life, you're not scared of no devil. You're not afraid of the surround or your surroundings. If the words need to be preached, the word will be preached. If God is calling you to say anything, you will boldly stand up and say it. That may sound a little scary for some of us, but it's actually a deep level of intimacy with God that when the word is just spoken unto you, it's just that fire. You cannot contain it. You cannot let it just consume you. You have to release it. I dare you to try that, and you'll see how many people will be impacted by the spirit that is inside of you. 
I've had experiences where I boldly step into God's calling and do what I he asked me to do, and I saw changes. But I've also had experiences where I was a punk. I think I shared a few of my glorious moments, but this morning I'm going to share one when I was a punk. A few years ago, there was a, 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 a my job, there was a, a I, I was sitting. Hi, make the story, like Ryan was said, make a long story longer. I was, I was sitting at my desk, and I heard the Holy Spirit tell me to go to that specific aisle and that cubicle. You're going to see someone. I want you to tell them that things are going to get bad, but I'm with you. I know you. I'm calling you. I got up. I went the very opposite of what God told me or where God told me to go. And then I went back, sat on my desk. I said, oh, well, God, <laughs> I didn't see nobody. Now I'm saying that it sounds very stupid, but I did. But the Holy Spirit continued to prompt me, to convict me that I need to, needed to do it. Then I went the direction that he asked me to go, and I went there. I saw a lady. She was crying profusely. She was just like sobbing. I froze. I froze. We looked at each other awkwardly. I know I was there for a purpose, but the words could not come out of my mouth. I could not tell her things are going to get bad, but God is, is calling you. He, he knows you, and he will be with you. That was a Thursday night. Friday, I didn't even know that she wasn't at work. But on Monday, when I got to work, um, my manager told me that uh, that lady got into a terrible car accident and she was out of work for the next six months now i'm not saying that those words would have stopped the car accident i don't believe that was the purpose i believe the purpose was for her to know things are gonna get bad but i'm with you now i i repented from that because he had bothered me for a long time but i, I want you to believe that Sometimes we doubt the voice of God on the inside of us. We don't trust that it is God. <laughs> Would I just dare to do something right now? Let me just say that. It is God. Because I know you're thinking about something right now. I know you're revisiting your life. You're revisiting some stuff that you've heard. You're revisiting some things that God has spoken unto you a few months, a few years ago, I want to say it's not your own thought. It is God. Would you just go ahead and fulfill them? Would you just go ahead and speak to that person that you have vowed that you would not speak to? Would you just go ahead and ask that mom, that parent, that kid to have lunch with you just so you can amend things? Would you just revisit your own decision, your own selfish way of handling your own deceptions would you hear from god right now and hear him under the authority of scripture that he says do what i call you to do and things will work out this is the only part in the bible they call that a theopneustos this is when god it's like god's breath is being infused into something this is the only part of the bible where they have that that, 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 um, that analogy. But it's done for you to understand that the scripture is inspired from God. 
Think about it as people who are vessels, who are just hearing from God. John, on the island, deserted, was hearing from God and just writing revelations. It is very important, guys. I believe that so many of you, you have so much good things to offer. There are some of you, there are some books on the inside of you. There are some preaching engagement that would come through if you only allowed yourself to be the vessel that God has called you to be. There are some of you that will be so many, so much greater if only you would abide in him and you realize that he would abide back in you. When Jesus was on the earth, he made it a point to proclaim the gospel. There's power when you proclaim, when you say what you hear from God, when you say scripture, when you hear from God and you deliver it. Many of those folks who received the calling to proclaim the word of God, they all had excuses. I don't speak well. Just look at me and use, use me as a living example. Folks, I've been here for eight years, right? In the U.S. for eight years. When I first got here, I did not speak a lick of English. Sometimes I don't even wanted to revert back to Spanish. No se. <laughs> Why? I'm not even Spanish. I don't know. I just think it sounds cool. And I remember the first time I was asked to preach in English. Oh, my God. It was nerve-wracking. But I did believe that there was something, you know, when I was in that little room crying, Say, God, why can't I go to school? Mm, about to mess with somebody's head right now. When, when I was in that room, crying, hurting, completely confused, God spoke then. Ending my life was even an option at that point. It was so dark. I mean, if you're from a third world country, you know where, wherever there's a lot of poverty, there's also a lot of corruption. So there were ways out of it that were an option. But God in his mercy called me for something greater. I heard him. He said, you will not die. You will leave, and you will proclaim my word. Fast forward. Fast forward many years ago. Here I am. I didn't realize that God was opening my platform so widely. Until when I went to Colombia with a great team of people here. And I was entrusted to preach at one of those churches. Someone called and said, hey, I realize you are an international preacher now. I was like, oh, shoot, that's true. And I was like, international because I'm from America or international because I'm from Haiti? 
And I was like, no, don't try to be technical. I'm like, you are. And I'm like, wow. It is the truth. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. According to his will and purpose. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. When you are in the palm, the hand of God, there's nothing. Folks, God literally taught me how to speak English within a year. Went to both seats, took a few classes. I was just excelling. Went through all four levels within like nine months. I realized I could do more. I did a medical assistant class. I did through, it was very intensive because I was the only ESL student there. And those medical terminologies are hard in my own language. But it's even harder in a language that you barely speak. Graduated from that. After that year, I realized, whoa, I can do college. Enrolled at Naya College. Finished in 2014. I don't think I've ever shared that like that before. And it was not planned. But I really, I really hope, folks, that... When God breathes, whisper his words onto your ears, take God's breath seriously. Hold on to it. The psalmist says, your word is like a lamp unto my feet. David even says, I will take your linen, it kind of like create a necklace and tie it around my neck. So I never depart from it so I can be, you know, there's, there's power in having something to remind you of the promises of God. It wasn't easy when I just got here. was working at Target. I remember one word I could not understand. One customer came and said, can I, can I buy a strainer? I need emotional healing for that, by the way, because my feelings were really hurt. And, and I did not know what a strainer was. And I was trying to, you know, get help, but no patience. Cursed the heck out of me. I remember I went to the bathroom. That was being here for like one year. I went to the bathroom and I cried. I want to go back. Uh, you know, back home, you know, I, I could get by. I have God. I speak the language. No need to learn Creole or French. I got that. Why being here? Again, God reminded me. I will set you up to preach the gospel. On a level that you never thought you would get. And part of it was hard. Part of it was getting out of my comfort zone. I had to get away a little bit from the Haitian church to experience what else. Because I served the Haitian God for the first 21st years of my life. I needed to know what the American God, the Chinese God, the Asian God look like. And I realized that once I kind of like got a glimpse of what that God looked like, I realized that I understood what the kingdom of God looked like. Would you please stand with me? I'm going to call up Pastor Tim to call us in a time of prayer. But if there's one thing that I would like you to remember this morning is the word that were that the words that were spoken unto you, they true, they valid. 
God is taking longer because he knows your faith is stronger now. You don't need that much evidence to believe that he is true. But in due season, you will see what he has in store for you. Jude started um, by saying that he believed that, that God was trying to deposit something into us. You guys can go all the way back to the beginning. I feel like he's doing that. I feel like he's done that. I feel like he's going to continue to do that today. I don't think it was a coincidence that Gabe led us in a new song. You are good. You are for us. There's an intimacy here right now. I hope you guys can feel it. The scripture says that when we believe and when we, when we receive the word that it's alive in us. That's first, second, one of the Thessalonians, I forget. The word is alive in you guys, in me, in us. And Jude is calling us to live a life with that authority, right? He's calling us to live a life of authority with the word that we received. Ephesians 1.9 says that we have been stamped with his seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Let me just give you this image, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commission you guys out here. The image here is that there is a king that has a signet, right? A ring. He stamps what he wants to send out. He doesn't go with that letter or that package or whatever it is, but he stamps it with his signet, his authority. And that's what's been done here to us, brothers and sisters who believe you've been stamped with the Holy Spirit with the authority of God on your life so that as you go out, you're going out with his authority in your heart. Not with your authority, but with his authority. Amen? I'm going to act like you're sitting. Now you're standing. If you want to agree with this, stand. You standing right now is a, is, a, is a contract that you agree with this. So if you don't agree, sit down. But if you're standing right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that a contract, that you're agreeing to the word that was given today, that you're in, 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 in uh, alignment with that. So I am part of the pastoral staff here at Risen King, and so I'm going to use what authority I have to commission you. So if you would just hold out your hands, close your eyes, I'm going to pray over you to commission you that when you leave your, your seat today, this morning, that you are going out now with a greater purpose or, or for many of you who, who have known this word, a refreshed purpose. That you will go out and live and walk and preach and teach and talk and minister and the authority that the Lord, the living God has given to you in your heart because you've been sealed with it. Father God, we praise your name. The, the name that is higher than all names. The name that is above all other names. The one and only God. The living God. We praise you, King Jesus. God, I pray over this room, the brothers and sisters 
in this community, in this room, in this fellowship, Lord, that as they go out, there will be a, 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 a sense of your, your word is, is being stirred up in them that is alive and it is on the move here today, Lord. So God, we just we stir that up in this room, just a sense of, 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 of passion for your name, that you will go out, each one of you, you will go out, you will leave this room, and you will know that you serve a God that is alive in you, individually in your heart. So if you just, if you agree with that and you want to receive that, just, just in, your, in, your, in your stance right now, just say, God, I believe that and I receive. I'm just going to close us with Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Father, we seal this in the precious name of Jesus. And that today, again, today will be a moment of change in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everybody.